you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Hey, everybody. So many people have been affected by the fires in Australia. Terrible situation, including uh, around the NFL listeners. And we want to do what we can to help out. The NFL uh, is holding auctions. And if you're a 49ers fan and want to own a piece of history while also helping Australians with the devastating fires in their country, bid on a number of memorabilia uh, connected to the NFC title game. Uh, Also, uh, all sorts of autographs. jerseys, really good fun stuff for a, a very important cause. So go to NF, at NFL Auction on Twitter and uh, you can see it also um, on our Twitter. We are promoting this as well. So help us out. Help out the people of Australia. If you can, hang in there, folks. The Around the NFL podcast is on the wrong side of 30. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, coming to you from a room that's filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. Hey. Feeling hope and something new, a new a new frontier for this podcast this season. Go on. We may, just judging on the lineup that we are looking at for this show, Log an episode that comes in under 120 minutes. Mm. I think our championship game uh, review uh, was under an hour. Sub 60. Then this could be Double this digits. could be a 32 minute show if we stay focused. It could be we could be in our cars heading home in 32 minutes. Well, yeah, there's there's different seasons in in Los Angeles. You know, there's there's fire season where the fires come. There's yep. 
fire pit season where Wes uh, does mm-hmm. fire pit in his backyard. And then there's Mark's really upset we didn't start on time season, which officially started <laughs> That's this all year morning. Well, it's, it is, no, but it's, it, it, it kicks up what a notch. A, what, an, and, what in... <laughs> What ridiculous humor begins when Dan, like last night, is like, hey, guys, cool with the 12, a- 12 p.m. start for the show. Yes, right away. Of course, I'd start at 8 a.m. We could be done by 9 a.m., but we have to wait until noon. It, it is 12.20 right now. You don't, you don't have to reply it is to the text when I send it because we know you want to start early. It is 12.20. <laughs> Mark, Mark likes his podcasts like uh, his NFL games, like over. <laughs> well, let, I would say let's do a good job with it, but why do we? Why must, must we wait and wait and wait to begin? A, a little reminder, Mark, how this works. We've done like 970 shows. Uh, to try to do the best show possible, uh, Eric and I, we talk behind the scenes. We try to get things to bake into the show to make it a better show. And sometimes we have technical issues. Sometimes I don't think of something until, let's say, 12.45 or 11.45. And it leads to just a brief delay that makes the show better, hopefully, and when you think of it that way, does that change anything for you, Mark? That we're trying to make the a better show for people as as opposed to getting you out of the office as soon as possible. I would say, for the record, I will say yes, it does change things. Well, how I feel, there are there are to varying degrees. Do I believe in those theories? But <laughs> new shirt, though, Mark. I like that. not really. How do you Just f- that we've shipped everything in a box to Miami. Okay, old shirt. Have. How do you feel about the episodes that start late solely Miami. because everyone's trying to mess with you? <laughs> I That's- you know how I feel. I feel annoyed. Still annoyed. Um, all right. Great to have you here, Mark. Um, yes, Miami. We will be there one Miami. week from today. Colleen. Uh, Colleen will be in Miami as well. And uh, and we're really excited and looking forward to another big Super Bowl week. Uh, so much to talk about. But this this is a good show, Greg, where we can – this Tuesday show during the, the bye week, essentially, before the Super Bowl. Let's not talk about the Super Bowl, really. I think that's this is fair. a good episode to stay away from the Super Bowl. We're going to have plenty of time to talk about the Super Bowl. Uh, and uh, we have, of course, Mina Kimes coming on Thursday. Have we figured out yet, is Mina going to be here or is she going to be on a Skype call? What's going on? Where's the update on that front? I assume she's coming here. She li- she lives in Los Angeles. She knows she's coming on the pod. But yeah, I, I guess we should straighten these things out. She has been on the show once before and it was a phoner, as I recall. Okay. Well, it was. I, Greg wasn't, was I wasn't there for that one, so I don't, right. I don't remember. We, we informed her that you were intimidated by her and chose to sit the show out, which <laughs> she did not. Out. I don't think she believed that. Uh, all right. So for today's show, uh, Greg wrote a banger. Greg wrote one of those pieces that sometimes as you're reading, you're thinking to yourself, is this guy just looking for the clicks? Because some of this stuff is really interesting and goes outside <laughs> the box. Really? Yeah. Like some of, you know, Greg's top, what is it, 25 30 free agents. I didn't think it was too outside the what's box. What's the number I even we got here? 25. had multiple people yeah. check to see, hey, nice round is number? there anything crazy on this? And people, as esteemed as Chris Wesseling said, no, that seems fine. So, uh, it feels like a, it's a harder year, more challenging year with the... But you can let me know, Dan. Yeah, no. The over-the-hill quarterbacks make it a very challenging year. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't know what to do. You know that I, Greg, I respect your football acumen. So it's not like I'm casting doubt upon these, but some of the names where they fit on this list. And I will say, because we're all spinning forward uh, and looking forward to not only the Dan and Mark top 101 free agents uh, article that will come out uh, after the Super Bowl, but when Wes and Greg do their uh, piece as well, um, you always it's it's fun to see the scientists battle it out. So this is the preliminary 1.0 list. 
And sometimes asked for. you guys do these lists and there's all this buildup. Oh, yeah, the scientists this is going to be a big winner. And then it's like Eric Fisher is the number one free agent on the market. Not this year. Right. Then it's this like is a fun list. This take year. me out at that point. I, why, why is why is this list authored by Greg and Wes is just left by the side of the road when he's, he's your writing partner on this this front? Ooh, does, Wes just put his hands up. Does Wes uh, want extra writing assignments during the playoffs? The Jazz. Wes doesn't want any writing assignments ever. I rest my case. <laughs> I rest my case. Well, so he was consulted and said Does he said want no. an extra column? He was consulted and said no, or you just ran with it on your own? This was years ago. It was asked for. I don't know. No, but I'm, I'm asking I've pressing questions that aren't I think being it's answered. safe. I think it's safe to say. Can I tell you, Can I be honest with you, Wes? Mm-hmm. Can I be frank? Yes. Breaks my heart to hear you say that. You're a great hey, writer. This isn't a cave wall. We don't need to communicate that way anymore. Nobody reads anymore. <laughs> Oh, you, this is, you Wes read. has been on this We read a lot. Wes well, has been on I this read, beat for a while. But I, I write an article, and all anybody wants to talk about is the number besides the analysis, not the actual analysis. So why even write? I it, could just it, write a list of numbers I, I and everybody would, would be happy. I, I, to, to the last uh, – <laughs> The old guys are fired up today. Yeah, the last minute, um, <laughs> you know, might be part of it. When Wes and I are both doing it, it, then it becomes a whole process. This thing is a – it's relatively right. – I already disagree with some of these rankings. I'm going to change it a lot in a month when we have a little more – time and Wes will certainly change it a lot mm. yeah I, I'm I, you only have 25 names here so I'm just assuming Geno Smith is 26th and I'll have to well, then, rank yeah, him 300th in order to put him in a nice a good call I did do a just missed I, I should throw Geno out <laughs> as a bit a little bit of a <laughs> wink yeah. to the audience all right uh, so we'll hit that and also uh, uh, we're gonna do some news in fact well, Ricky how are you by the way doing great how are you I want to hear, you know, some good cheer from somebody. So you you had a nice weekend, it looked like. I had a nice weekend. Shout out Jada's birthday, Eddie Spaghetti's girlfriend. We uh, we were well, out. She's a firecracker, that one. Yeah, she's, she's a crazy. TV woman. She's yes. like a, on a nice woman. I met her uh, Thanksgiving Eve. Yep. For our listeners, Eddie Spaghetti, a member of the Dave Damashek football program. Yeah. So cool. that was fun. Yeah. You guys got a lot of birthday parties. Do you guys have like three birthdays each? Uh, Normally it's about for the weekend. Yeah. Now, let me say this. And this is. Do you know what mine is, Dan? Yes, it's coming up on February 10th, actually. <gasps> you knew it. Now, let me say this. You told us Erica, multiple it times oh, you before guys the show. <laughs> on repeat before the uh, other show. I'm not, giving, I'm not going to give Dan this credit. Erica. He wouldn't know. No, nah, I got it. I nailed it. Um, you are a young woman and far younger than all of us, but I have to tell, I just have to say something. I know this gets into slippery slope territory. Mm-hmm. And you're talking to a, a girl about her age, but this has to be your last birthday where you do it for a whole week. Why? I just, at a certain point, it's got to just celebrate the day. Don't you stop on. at 30? I'm not 30 yet. No, I, you'll just n- know naturally when it's time to start. Right. Well, I know I know plenty of at some point, women in their 30s that are At some point, you'll wake it. up and go you're ahead, like, Greg. oh, good, sorry. Go no, ahead. go ahead, Greg. Just forget, <laughs> forget about what I was saying. Just <laughs> march on in. Let Mark get his thought. No, in, I'm done. I, I would like to hear your I want to hear this thought. This I must no be thought. Titanic. I have no thoughts. Once all your friends start to get married and move away, then you will have no choice but just to celebrate for a single day. Mark, right. I want to hear what your thought was. <laughs> I don't even remember at this point. It was just like I got run over by a car. So. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I guess you'll know. Yeah. But just don't don't be the person that takes it too far. Well, I have to do multiple days because, like, we were talking before the show. You guys are all like old, so we need to go to the, like the, the early like, bird special, early bird special yeah. dinner with you guys, yeah. and then I'll do my other things later. <laughs> right? You know, like we, uh, the idea of inviting us to a West Hollywood nightclub hotspot at this juncture of our respective lives—it just doesn't quite. It's not a, a good connection. Why live a little? Nobody- but that's not. At some point, you'll realize like. Oh, I, I was having fun then, but I was sort of, yeah, 
some of those times convincing myself I was having more fun than I was having. I, there's other ways I can have fun uh, with just like my closest friend or in a different way, and it'll change. That's how it, that's how it changes. It's yeah, you might not want us there at, at right. You, know, you don't. You don't really want us there anyways. Right. It, all. No, you guys are Wes and Lakeisha were the only ones that came all the way to West Hollywood last year. Well, I, they're in a they're they were yeah. in a different phase of their lives, which was kind of like couple yes. on parade, where you're they were the couple <laughs> on yes. parade. You are to some degree. They I were mean, the, the they were the young hot couple engaged. Stop. They were on a world tour promoting the the wedding, and uh, they have no kids, not yet anyway. Different realm. Try to get this, Wes and Lakeisha to this party next year. This is the takes that are flying around here are ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, you guys yeah. promoted the hell out of that wedding. <laughs> You did yes. the whole. You did the whole night. All the late uh, night talk shows. You did Colbert. You did the Daily Show. Well, when you have to get Conan. people to fly across the country, you have to. You do have to promote it a little bit. But the idea, yes, it's true. You guys have kids. We've hit the hour mark, by the way. You guys have kids, so it's harder for you to get the cho- get to places. But we just wanted to go to hang out with Ricky. Yeah, it wasn't because we were on some t- couples tour. <laughs> We are flying today. All right. All right. Let, uh, let's do some news. Eventually, as we were both single guys in our 20s, the talk turned to girls. Maybe we should get out of here. Go find where the action is, he said. I looked at him. Dude, you're JFK Jr., all right? You don't need to go anywhere. He looked at me and laughed. And as he did, I saw a glimpse of his father and was reminded of his family's legacy of sacrifice and tragedy and was glad that he was carrying the mantle so well and with so much promise for the future. Mm, an audio excerpt <laughs> from the great 2011 Rob Lowe autobiography, Stories I Only Tell My Friends. It was, it was exciting to hear him read that for the first time. He was like, wow, this is pretty good. <laughs> he didn't seem remotely familiar with it. What a great... Like, this is good stuff. What a great book. He's a real tour. that Rob Lowe. And, Mark, that's that that's what caused a slight delay. And you are a huge uh, JFK fan, so just imagine being in the shoes of a young Lowe, looking face-to-face and seeing in that laugh the great John Fitzgerald Kennedy, 1917 to nineteen. A very relevant tale by Rob Lowe, so I'm glad that, that, that we waited for that. We're 11 minutes in here, not to the news. That might be a record. Congrats. Congrats to us. Uh, Jason Garrett's got a job. He uh, agreed to become the Giants OC. We kind of missed this in all the Championship Sunday hullabaloo. Uh, but uh, Garrett, who finally got let go by the Cowboys at their nine seasons, he takes over uh, and joins Joe Judge's staff um, and – Greg, it's been a while since Jason Garrett called plays. Uh, that was a, a big subplot about halfway through his tenure as Cowboys coach. But I guess when you have a Joe Judge, a guy with very little experience, uh, having somebody like Garrett feels like a, a, a good situation. Yeah, in terms of helping navigate all the challenges of being a head coach you know, in a big market, I would imagine Garrett would be a great guy to kind of have with you. We haven't seen him call plays. I mean, he he was the coordinator of the Cowboys back in uh, 2007, so he he had a run there and it might be Garrett thinking, "Hey, if I want to reestablish myself as a a head coach in this league, and I have to show other teams that I I can kind of update with the times and call plays because I think that would be a big time question if he, he's ever interviewing for top jobs again." I I I like the move when the experienced head coach 
goes to the coordinator role, and you've got someone who's new in, in New York with Judge at the at the head coach role. I love bringing in. I like the idea of bringing in a guy that has been through it all. And I get that Jason Garrett isn't necessarily seen as like the hot young coordinator who is going to unfurl like some sort of scheme we've never seen before. But they have parts in place. Like this is not a bad place for Garrett to land. And they they have some common history. They both worked for Nick Saban. I think people forget that about you know, Garrett's background, but Joe Judge came up under Saban and then under Bill Belichick, Garrett did too. And I don't know. I I like the fact that Jason Garrett's in the NFC East going up against the Cowboys. I mean, as a a fan of just dropping on the the opposite sideline, that's, that's going to be fun. I mean, yeah, if, if Jason Garrett's dropping bombs on the Cowboys defense, that would be kind of fun. There's no, there's no loser here for a, a, Un, you know, a fan of neither team. It guarantees, without any question, two primetime Cowboys-Giants games. Mm. There always are, though, aren't they? And there's at least one, but we're getting to um, the Garrett had two choices. He could go away for the year, do the Mike McCarthy, but he didn't have a paycheck coming. And this is also a smart move. Like we said, he, he has some weapons and can build his name back up. I'm sure his goal, again, is to get back into a big chair, uh, and we'll see if he can do it. Smart. Dean Pease retires after 16 seasons in the NFL. The Titans defensive coordinator announced it on Monday. Uh, he almost retired uh, around the time Mike Vrabel was hired, but Vrabel uh, was able to talk Pease into um, coming to Tennessee to coordinate the defense. But now it is time for the coach to walk away. Tennessee finished at number three uh, in terms of opposing points scored in 2018, 12th in 2019, 40 takeaways under the two seasons. Um, and 16-season um, NFL career for Pease. It was worth it to come back. What a great showing in the playoffs this year by Dean Pease. And he's been around so long. I was reading an article in, on Antonio Gates yesterday talking about his college career and why he chose Kent State because he wanted to play basketball and football. And Nick Saban was at Michigan State with mm. Dean Pease, who ended up being the Kent State coach for for Antonio Gates. He's been around forever. Right. He's been a part of a lot of historical teams. I mean, he was the defensive coordinator of the 2007 Patriots. I don't think anyone remembers that, the 18-1 and season. He was the defensive coordinator of the 2012 Super Bowl champion Ravens team, who did not have a good defense, but uh, did win the Super Bowl. And then now he knocks off the Ravens as, as a one seed and... And we say farewell to Dean Pease. A, a friend years old. A friend of Cynthia Freeland. Another person Cynthia Freeland somehow knows. Hmm. Cynthia is one of those people. She knows everybody. So watch what you say around Cynthia Freeland. That's what I take away from it. You want to bury somebody in the NFL sphere? Good chance Cynthia will be texting about it shortly thereafter. She'll be telling on you. Yes. If you well, I will keep my mouth shut around her <laughs> if I wasn't already. We gotta, we're going to have her back on the podcast soon. She wants to be back. We've got a lot of people going on vacation coming up in, in February. That's not how you frame it. No, that's right. not. <laughs> <laughs> Miami. She's going to be texting about that. Um, uh, other coordinator news. As expected, Romeo Crennel will not return as the Texans' D.C. Uh, the Texans instead uh, will promote defensive line coach Anthony Weaver to replace Crennel. Uh, Crennel had been on O'Brien, Bill O'Brien's staff in Houston since 2014. Um, and 2019 was a tough year for Houston's defense, averaging about 390 yards a game, which was in the bottom five in the NFL. Uh, they win a playoff game against uh, the Bills, and then, yikes, 51 point, a 50-burger. You get dropped on you in the divisional round against the Chiefs, and that essentially seemed to seal Cornell's fate. 
I found this more interesting. Um, and Cornell might stay with the organization in some capacity as an advisor. Uh, as the other part of the story, which was O'Brien firing a vice president in the personnel department, a senior VP, who the owner uh, of Cal McNair of the Texans and O'Brien had recently said is one of the the best salary cap you know guys in the entire NFL. That he's like made a huge difference for our organization. This was during the last kind of changeover where O'Brien was taking more power, and here it is after the season. He's, he's saying, "Hey, we're we're going in a great direction. We feel like everything's going in the right way." And then out Romeo. Cornell and outs another VP, and O'Brien just swallows up more of the power. <laughs> Consolidate. If you were to power. rank coaches in terms of like power within their team, one through thirty-two, is he top five? Yeah, he certainly wasn't a couple years ago, and he shot into that. Let's see: Belichick, yeah. Sean John, Payton, John Gruden, Sean Payton, Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll's up there, but Carroll. I would say O'Brien O'Brien's now there, is O'Brien is also O'Brien, O'Brien also more than anyone else has has an, a sort of a flair for power where he does these flashy things every five or six months that remind you he how much power he has. I want to know which head coaches have the least amount of power. Zach Taylor, ouch, yeah, Taylor in a big spot takes a pop. I think that's I think maybe maybe Bill O'Brien's pastor can run the defense. <laughs> right. I mean, Easter he, be will be out there he, calling he's up riding up there. And if this is it for Romeo, uh, just goodbye to a great football lifer. Oh, yeah. The Another special, former Pats coach. The special teams coordinator of those great 80s Giants. Then the defensive line coach back with the Parcells when he went to the Super Bowl and the Patriots. Uh, the coordinator of the Patriots when they won three Super Bowl. I mean, he's done a it. A largely he's forgettable Browns head coach. Right. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and Chiefs head coach. We we had, a, con- we had a, a whole conversation downstairs, and no one remembered that Romeo Cordell was once a head coach. <laughs> to the Chiefs. Dean Pease retires. Romeo Cornell heading in that direction. Tom Brady heading toward retirement. Bill Bell checking another year older. Really is. It's the end of something here, it, Greg. It's getting, it's getting there. I mean, Brady's going to be uh, playing for the Raiders and Belichick and Jarrett Stidham will be in the Super Bowl next year. So <laughs> Get to that in a second. One more bit of coaching news. The Dolphins have coaxed Chan Gailey out of retirement. <laughs> coaxed. He's their new OC a day after firing Chad O'Shea. Um, Miami uh, made Gailey its new coordinator. 67 years old. See, all these old guys, especially the, the coordinators, they just stick around forever. and they, they usually keep getting jobs until they decide they're done. If you establish yourself in that, you know, in your 30s, 40s, and 50s, early 50s. It feels like you can work from your 50s into your 60s and then walk away. And Gailey certainly is a guy that's been kind of all over the map. Another former head coach. Uh, he uh, was previously with the Jets, the Cowboys, the Bills, where he was the head coach, the Dolphins. Uh, and now he is back full circle in Miami. Reunited with Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, they made beautiful magic together I didn't in even think about that. That's true. With two Fitz teams. Magic. Yeah, back with the Bills, too. Maybe yeah. that – was that part of it? Wow. He I was don't. with the Bills 2010 to 2012. He was with Fitzy with the Jets and Bills. He was always very forward-thinking in terms of his uh, – approach to offense. I remember that 2008 Chiefs team, I think, with Tyler Thigpen. I mean, they were, the run, they were running some stuff that everyone's saying now is so n- newfangled. And I'm just shocked kind of that they that Brian Flores, that that was his big move this offseason. Mm. Get rid of Jim Caldwell, who was technically still on their staff, but had health problems. Get rid of uh, Chad O'Shea, who was his coordinator, and bring in Chan Gailey. I just, I'd want to know what – he's been out of the loop, not just for one season or something, but for years – what has he been doing with his time? Is he 
like grinding film like Wes over here and like coming Dave up Doggin. with new, new schemes and things. Like I maybe a consultant. I, he's been he was I hope he's going deeper college. than he's better not be watching condensed. Or, uh, you're going to be in trouble if Chan Gailey's watching condensed. <laughs> well, is he watching anything that um, especially viewed within the prism of our time here at NFL media, that 2015 Jets season is so weird. They had Ryan Fitzpatrick throw for 30 touchdowns, a team record. They had two 1,000-yard receivers. They won 10 games, and, and they didn't make the playoffs. But And then just awful five years before that and five years after it. Mm. That's life. Chan Gailey, back in the game. Phil Rivers, Egon, out of San Diego, that is. He's moved permanently from San Diego to Florida to be closer to his family. Uh, a text to ESPN went as follows. What this means football-wise is to be determined, but it was time for us to move back closer to home. Uh, his family is settled in the South. His football future, who knows? The Chargers don't seem to want to do business anymore. Mm. This Rivers thing was interesting because you could see it kind of both ways, that maybe it was just everybody connecting the dots. He's moving to Florida, so talk radio has him going to the Buccaneers. They need a quarterback. Winston's a free agent. Arians had be success a with like late career Carson Palmer. It could be the same thing all over again. Arians doesn't have much time left. But then when you look further, you're like, eh, does he really want to go to the Bucs? Do the Bucs really want to give up Jameis for Phillip Rivers? Phillip Rivers doesn't have the arm to to do Arians' downfield offense. I, I don't see that. I actually reached out to Ian, and he kind of poo-pooed it and said I, he would. Mm. He thinks they still want Jameis Winston back. I just don't think you can – as a Philip Rivers in his position, move to Florida and say, I'm going to now limit where I'll play to these three Florida teams because I agree, I don't see a natural fit. I mean, the Dolphins feel like more of a fit to take a veteran for a year if they want to like have a quarterback grow underneath them, but I don't think that that does much for Philip Rivers or the Dolphins. Right, I thought about that too when it came to thinking of teams with Brady because you know he had he has the connection with the staff there. But I mean, A, Ryan Fitzpatrick is under contract, and then B, they I think they got all these picks to get a rookie to develop, and maybe sure. it's not yep. easy to get Tua, but Tua and Ryan Fitzpatrick to me makes a lot of sense, not Tua and Philip Rivers or or Tom Brady, he is living in the panhandle, which is like they say Florida. You pointed this out, Mark. It's like Florida's huge. He's further away from Miami than he is from uh, like Indianapolis. Basically right? just, New Orleans, yeah. Just eastern Alabama. Miami. Right. Yeah, it, it is. It is. It's basically Alabama. He's from Alabama. Right. He's His men and his wife are apparently. A total Alabama man. Cl- close. close <laughs> what are you laughing at? I don't know. I feel like we've been talking about geography for 15 straight minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I think keep an eye out on Wes's Colts. That is where the little like buzz is, is popping like up. Frank Reich used to coach him. There's another assistant there that, that used to be with him and loves him, and that they could do a pretty seamless swap of Brissett for R- Rivers. And you got an offensive line. You got a running game. You're trying to win now. I know, I know that Rivers is showing signs of decline, but that feels like an upgrade. Right? I agree. And they don't have a high draft pick. I I think also from like a from an Ursay ownership angle, it's it would be a nice year to sell Philip Rivers to a fan base that lost Andrew Luck. From a business side, I think you could sell that. But the family's in Florida. Yeah, but I mean, they, you it, take the bus to Indy. It's a much shorter I think plane ride. You're just not going to be seeing your family that much. Right. You're gonna you're gonna be flying home on Fridays on like a jet. And spend yeah you know, thirty six hours. I mean, how much are they really spending the, together in the season? I don't know. Does the Florida Panhandle, more importantly, uh, Wes, is that part of the Midwest? No, that is part of the Deep South. 
I mean, I know that area well. I would drive from New Orleans to, to Gulf Breeze, uh, Pensacola area, where one of my good buddies in college all the time. You go through Florabama. You, you nice part of the through, world, Mobile. You drive through North Florida, and it's not anything like you think of Florida, like the vacation destination. North Florida is deep, deep south. Uh, the article that I was getting this info from also has a paragraph that I find incredibly alarming. The Chargers have Tyrod Taylor under contract for next season and have been impressed with his play throughout the past season, and he could wind up as Los Angeles' starting quarterback. That's from Mort and Schefter. I mean, can we watch out there, Chargers? Come on now. That's how you open the new stadium. <laughs> Hasn't it been made abundantly clear that Tyrod Taylor is a very good backup quarterback? I just yes. I don't listen to any of this stuff in, in- – you know, late January, utter nonsense. Tommy Brady is, quote, open-minded about playing elsewhere. Here's what he said in his weekly interview with Westwood One Radio. I'm open-minded about the process. At the same time, I love playing football, and I want to continue to play and do a great job. I'm looking forward to what's ahead, whatever the future may bring. I'll embrace it with open arms. This, this would be potentially uh, the first time, Greg, ever he, you know, takes a phone call from a different team, tests the market. Not bad if you could wait until you're 42 for that to happen. That's true. And once he starts taking phone calls that are allowed, he's already gone. Because Why isn't he on the free agent list, by the way? What's the he contract? He oh, he's on nine. there. Yeah. He's number nine. Um, what a list. He Tom he Brady's number nine. Doesn't become a free agent until March 18th like the rest of the league. But the difference is that's the moment that the Patriots get $13.5 million on their cap whether he signs with them or not. And so the Patriots are not signing him after free agency starts. It either, either they're signing him before it starts or he's going elsewhere. Now I'm sure he'll have an idea of what kind of market because all these players and agents, like they figure it out mm. behind the scenes anyways. Well, Sestious. well before uh, it, it happens. But if he gets, if he starts taking those calls and he's just open for business, he's gone. And I, and I, I think there's an, I think there's a real chance of it. Come on. You don't think so? Well, I, he's earned the right to do whatever he wants. I mean, if anybody's earned the right, but who wants to watch him behind a rotten Chargers offensive line or something? Well, but I, nobody wants to see that. The longer this goes, and the the more talk around it, I really think it's about do the Patriots want him? And I think the answer is probably not if they have to pay him um, a going rate for quarterbacks, well, I, which is amazing. But I I think the answer is unless he's willing to take a pretty big discount which he had to after winning Super Bowls and after winning MVPs, they didn't pay him what he was worth. So unless he's willing to do that again, and maybe he will be because he doesn't see a good option out there, uh, I think he's gone. I don't think Belichick's going to pay him, and I think Belichick might look at this year as a beautiful time to say goodbye. He signed those contracts. He could have held out or fought for more money when he accepted those contracts. So that's not, that's not all on new England, but I, I think Belichick is one factor here, but I cannot, I wonder if, if Robert Kraft could even, he's the big swallow, guy. the concept of watching Tom Brady on the Colts or on he the couldn't. Chargers. I know he said yeah. he'd rather just Tom Brady retire. Step I just in. think that this is the owner of the team that is very attached to Tom Brady. And the whole Jimmy G thing went down because of loyalty to Tom Brady and, and aging Tom Brady. It just, Belichick's one person, but he's not running the team. Hmm. I just nobody wants to see Tom Brady getting his ass kicked in some weird uniform for a year. It's the worst way this. And could you end. can see a lot of these teams talking themselves into him 
Which one? Still having though? a lot that, left that, in the tank. That's and, where I, I haven't have. Uh, should we save that for trouble. the free agency conversation? Sure. All right. Put a stick a pin in that. Let's move on. The NFL to test two potential rule changes in the Pro Bowl. Here they are. Yeah, I'm reading this for the first time. <laughs> like Rob Lowe. Yeah. The second one is a lot less. <laughs> old Rob Lowe. Team A may elect to give Team B the ball at the Team B's 25-yard line, beginning a new series of downs with a first and 10. Oh, that's after a after successful a field goal yeah. or extra point attempt. Number two, Team A may elect to take the ball at its own 25-yard line for a fourth and 15 play. If Team A is successful in making a, this sounds very familiar, making a first down, Team A will maintain position, uh, possession, and a new series of downs will continue as normal. If Team A is unsuccessful in making a first down, the result will be a turnover on downs, and Team B will take possession at the dead ball spot. This was from last year, wasn't it? It was a rule proposal at the owners' meetings that came up as uh, an effort to kind of make the game more interesting and get a get rid of onside kicks, which they're kind of getting rid of anyways. I think it's really interesting. You, you take a fourth and 15, basically, when you're down 10 at your own 25 instead of taking, you know, going for an onside kick. Sign me up. I love it. I mean, I, I would imagine both coaches have essentially been ordered to dial this up once or more than once in this game. Because why not? Let's see it in action. I, I do think the onside kick has become such a low percentage play at this point that you don't even have to do this. If, they, if this ever became a rule and it wasn't just only you can only use it in the last five minutes of each half or something, why there's going to be some wild team out there that like a kid in Madden tries to dial this up over and over and over and hold on to possession for like 25, 30 straight minutes. I That's have, what I'd try to do. I have another. Imagine the, chi- imagine the Chiefs doing right. it this I mean, year. If, you can, if you can convert two, of, uh, they two just, out of three, you, you they can just own start the, ball the game up 28 nothing. The yep. Titans never even have the ball. Yep. How about this option? This is all fun, but this is all malarkey. What if you just got rid of that onside uh, kick rule tweak they made a couple of years ago that made it impossible again in the first place? Yeah. Why don't well, go back to the way for safety reasons? They did. Oh. So they, kinda, they, was, they backed themselves Hey, by the way, it was kind of always. I'm out. Was, I, I give up. It was I'm, kind of always impossible. I'm not involved in this. Yeah, I mean, with every generation, the foot comes out of football even more. Mm. Uh, nice. Way to put a button on it, Wes. Liked it. Speaking of Wes, uh, the Bengals, they got the number one overall pick. Wes is ready to dive back in. And look at this guy. You got the kid, Joe Burrow, out of LSU. Who's more excited uh, than all those, the Wesling family members and everybody else on the west side of Cincinnati? This kid is the future. An Ohio native, the kid is. Uh, There was a report that Cincinnati had no intention of trading the top draft pick, and they better not, um, ostensibly with the purpose of using it to select the Heisman Trophy winner. Burrow, but player uh, Bengals director of player personnel Duke Tobin said Monday that the Bengals are nowhere near making such an evaluation. That's news to me. Oh, he said. yes. Well, even when a generational passer like Peyton Manning came out, yeah, Bill Pullian still did his due diligence, still thought, do I draft Ryan Leaf or do I draft Peyton Manning? He still did the research, and that's what a smart team has to do. Of course. You don't have to tell anybody what your intentions are. Right, and Chase Young is out there. This guy, if, if he is every bit as good as people think he is, like a generational pass rusher, you at least have to look into it so five years later people aren't thinking, Joe Burrow flopped. Why, do you, why didn't you consider Chase Young? Well, if they ever passed on Joe Burrow and he became what people think, they're – I don't Hold know. the franchise. That's absurd. Yeah, just close the cl- shut down the entire operation. I'm point. not saying Joe Burrow will flop. I'm just saying 
No, I know. I, I believe you. Say I, that. I also think the NFL. If we run the tape back. West just guaranteed. <laughs> it would be very Bengals for Zach Taylor to like fall in love with some second round quarterback at this year's Senior Bowl, oh, no. and then. Oh, I hope not. I mean, I it, he's honestly, like finally a group of a group of players that listens to me. I love this Senior Bowl, and you know he's. he's <laughs> Sign him Wait, up. you used to love I, Zach Taylor. I, I love him. I just am making random shots. <laughs> I uh, the a- AFC North has reloaded a quarterback in a pretty crazy way, and I'm not even pointing to the Browns at this point. I don't know what will happen with Baker Mayfield, but Lamar Jackson, and if they get Joe Burrow in Cincinnati, how about those hmm. Steelers? Well, that's the one. T- they've they've got issues. They've reloaded in a crazy way too. Uh, not with your type. Finally, in the news, Richard Sherman and Darrell Reeves, They've kind of beefed uh, over the years. The great Niners cornerback and the former Jets, Bucks, and Patriots and Jets cornerback Darrell Rivas. And uh, during the NFC title game, after Devontae Adams beat Sherman on a long completion, Rivas uh, took a photo of his television and tweeted out, Fear of getting beat in man-to-man coverage. Every snap, every play, the fact that he doesn't travel as a cornerback is lame, except... The challenge is the best and shut Adams down the entire game. Do it for the game of football. Stop hiding in a cover three zone. And Richard Sherman, as the kids say, clap back. Got it, Ricky? I would go in on this has been, but I have a Super Bowl to prepare for. Enjoy the view from the couch. Mm. Your ninth year looked a lot different than this. L-M-A-O. Laughing my arse off. I mean, you want to get into a battle of wits with Richard Sherman? Darrell Rivas is not prepared for that battle. Maybe a much better cornerback one on one, but in a battle of wits, right. you're although, gonna lose to Sherman. Right. Although he happened to he was just taking shots without knowing what he was talking about. He happened in his ninth year, Darrell Rivas won a Super Bowl and was a first team all pro and had the most turno- forced turnovers of any team in the league. So Sherman couldn't have – no one cares about whether the, the burn was, like, remotely accurate. Daryl Rivas was better than Richard Sherman in What's his What's he doing now? Yeah, he's sitting on the couch. Not- Taking pot shots at someone else like yeah. a loser. Yeah, he is. And uh, I, my favorite comment was, like, the first Twitter, you know, Wait, Greg, I got to I gotta, I gotta stop what? you there. Yes. The Patriots season was his eighth year. Oh. Ouch! Yikes! Ooh, there goes so, that. what did he do with his with his night? He did. Yes, That's he, when he signed a huge deal with the Jets. Uh, and I think he was a Pro Bowler, but he was in a little bit of decline. But he's Sherman's long. Sherman wrong in the sense that he's probably thinking about the second year Revis had. The with last year was a mess. I knew he was a Pro Bowler. Someone had pointed out, but that's my bad. I mean, it just looks petty to me. I don't, I get it, people. This this probably was the highest ranked story on NFL.com. I mean that's no he how it like, works. he does why does he keep, why does he have such a thing about it? It's like oh like you're a you're a zone you play on a team that has zone defense and you play zone defense. It's like yeah that's that's well, what everyone in the NFL does. That's I, like your job. I get why he does it because he's saying you know for the purity of football like for the game it's a better game if you're playing man to man and you're good enough to do it. But he's like the only one who's been able to do that. It's just a way of tooting his own horn. Right. And, you know, right. Darrell, I, I'm not in the down. news cycle, have not been for years, but now I am. I love Darrell Rivas. I hate the way his career ended, but he was one of the greats of all time. But why engage in this? You should have respect for another early 30-something cornerback who's at the top of the profession. What, what are we doing here? I agree. Well, well said. Um, that's what's happening in the news. Ricky, 
Get us a plug-in for uh, next Thursday night. Oh, yeah. Tickets are going fast for our Miami Improv show. Miami. 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 And uh, make sure you guys get tickets. We've been tweeting them out. They're on our Instagram. It is Miami Improv slash events. Come hang out with us in... Miami. I heard some bubbling. Good job, Ricky. I heard some bubbling up on the on the Twitterverse. You know, when you did your live show in London, sold out in less than a minute, and you're still hawking tickets for this. Well, maybe you're not aware that the Miami Improv uh, seats 120,000 people. <laughs> right. So before you talk, like Darrell Revis or Richard Sherman, just have the background. Fact check, please. Oh, we also have way more listeners in London. I mean, that's no no. Uh... Surprise, Miami, come come correct. You're not in the top Miami. 20 American uh, cities, which makes sense because, you know, it's a totally spread out city that doesn't love its pro sports, right? <laughs> All right, Greg. <laughs> I mean, we could have just left it at the... Dan right. was trying to come from a different angle there, but yeah. unmasked. Also on Wednesday yeah, I mean, if week, he's bringing it up, we're coming from that angle. It's I got to be honest. Wednesday of that week, you can go down to South Beach and see Greg swim live with the Dolphins. Mm, yeah. Just, no tickets for that. That's yeah, just, just sort of just, yeah, just come on. Yeah, just follow your Google Maps to South Beach. You'll see me there. <laughs> go to the pool. <laughs> It'll be great. I'm right, right there on the left. Okay. All right. Here we go. It's time. Any blowback, by the way, about the D and the mashed potatoes? No. It was beeped out on our podcast. What about your comments aimed at my wife? At the end, of was the- there a, uh, an apology after the show? <laughs> I missed it. <laughs> no, not I, that I heard. I it. Not that I. It's not. Not that. Not. Why do I have to apologize? How about a, for how about a phone call to uh, a phone Simone? Call. That would be awkward. What year is this? Yeah. How about hat in hand at the front door? I uh, I <laughs> I, uh, I like stand by my comment. Ground. If anything, she would give me like a, a fist bump. She was like, "Yeah, I was ready to go. Get Mark home. <laughs> you guys are honking too much." How are we back here? <laughs> All right. Was Simone doing the Friday Night Lights mom thing with the wine glass in the living room, just spinning? No. I, Explosions I, in the I, sky playing? I know that's what you want me to tell you was happening, but I came home to a pretty controlled household. Uh, that's oh. actually kind of disappointing. Yeah. A little disappointed. Yeah. All right. Let's get into it. The top 25 NFL free agents of 2020, colon, this is the headline, oh, yeah. folks, no shortage of intriguing QBs. Now, was that your headline, Greg, or was that something they put on there? Oh, yeah, and not mine. You sign off on it, though? I don't. You kind of just they, find out, right? When it's suddenly, they, they, I, you know. the headlines, you can't worry about what you can't control. You know, that's what I say. You used to be a good headline writer. I used to be into the headlines. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. Except okay. for when, whenever you had to write that's what a, or which. That is that a was verbose a, headline, by the way. A lot of, lot of I know. They try, to, f- they try to fill, it up, fill up the whole line. It's annoying. So, Greg, you um, as you're putting together and doing the research on this and then going through the process of figuring out that order, what kind of jumped out to you as you were doing it from a kind of a, uh, a macro perspective? Well, number one, that it was the, it's the toughest year to rank these players. First of all, because there's more big names than I can ever remember in the top 25. Totally. But more, more to the point... How how do you you know rank Tom Brady and Philip Rivers versus like Joe Tooney and Byron Jones? It's just a sort of a you know meta. It it's a question that cannot be answered. But I struggled with it partly because a like Tom Brady's still worth more to a team that could use a quarterback than I think Byron Jones would be to a team 
maybe that needs a cornerback. But there's only a few teams out there that Tom Brady would help. And Byron Jones and guys like Joe Tooney, who would be a plug-and-play guard for basically any team, they could help almost every team. So it it was very hard to, to figure out because you look at Rivers, I'm giving him a bonus that he's younger than Tom Brady. Like he's got maybe a longer runway and he's 38 years old. It's all, it's all impossible. It, yeah, you look at a guy like Drew Brees and think, okay, he's got a 30-yard arm in a dome with no wind. Mm. What's he worth to the Chicago Bears when come November you just have to sit him on the sideline because his arm's not strong enough to cut through the wind? I'm a little, I'm a little higher on Breeze, I think, than you are, uh, Wes. Breeze was on the Saints are like, awesome if on you the put, road this If year. you put him on the Bears, I do think they'd be a much better team. They'd figure it out. No, I'm not talking about on the road. I'm talking about when wind is actually blowing, like more than four miles an hour. Got it. I I guess since Trubisky not too great in the wind either. Just throwing that out there, Brian. <laughs> Absolutely. So You're Tom right Brady that. at nine. I'm uh, another in another world. I'm curious where would Brady be in the same exercise if we were coming off last season, where he had the nice playoff run, but was in showing those signs as well. Would he have been in the top five? Yeah, probably. And he was y- lower on this list for a while, and I, he eventually they they inched up uh, as I went. And I have a feeling West might rank him lower. Am I right, West? Yes, I do not want a forty three. Or whatever. I don't want a quarterback who can't get out of the way of pressure because what we've seen over the last few years is that those guys struggle. It, I find it interesting. P, both PFF and Greg Bedard, Greg Bedard, who does a good job at Boston Sports Journal, breaking down every all the film of Tom Brady, had him ranked higher for the 2019 season than he did for 2018. And so did PFF, and I think that's been lost a little. He wasn't that great last year either. He had a very good playoff run, but I probably say he's been a top 15 top 12 quarterback both years and it wasn't like a huge decline this year it was the Patriots that declined if I was all right right above Brady we mentioned Drew Brees he's at number eight on this list and I guess it 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 really it depends on what you thought about what you saw from Brees this year Uh, but you know you have Yannick Ngakwe ahead of him Ryan Tannehill's ahead of him you have Shaq Barrett ahead of him. I mean, I feel like if you were a team looking for a quarterback and thought you you had a chance to get over the hump, Drew Brees, you would be doing cartwheels to, to have him join your team in the short term on a one or two year deal. I'm with you over I over Ryan Tannehill. I like. T- I I'm not going to suddenly. That was get where down I struggled the most was trying to do Tannehill versus those guys, and this was done before that last playoff run, and I, I'm open to that being different. But I don't know. I think Yannick Ngakwe helps 32 teams. How many teams? Right. You, you know, don't how many get to teams bring does- Sean Payton with you. Right, when you signed Drew Brees. It, yep. it has to be the right situation. It's it's sort of impossible to rank quarterbacks versus any position because they just matter so much more. Where does PFF have Drew Brees after 2019 season? Where was he? Was he in the top 10? He I just feel like he- there's a lot of hate around Drew Brees right now. No, I think it's realistic about what his arm is at this fourth. stage of his career. Sure, sign him for so- a warm weather team or a dome team. Right. But I don't think you can play him and expect great results in December in a cold weather city. Um, let me just for for framing. Okay, purposes. so your quarterbacks was where where I surprised. Okay, the, the whole Tannehill over Breeze and Brady thing. I don't I don't know. I'm gonna have to think about that a little more. I mean, almost like take these quarterbacks and break them out in their own category because I I have no issue with, at all right. with the way you rank these, but. I think it's just your eyes are all over the place reading this because you're seeing these huge mega names in the middle of these o- other positions. In terms of like how guys are going to get paid, though, which is not how it's done, but Chris Jones will make more money than Tom let Brady. Me, and let me read Brady. the top ten here just so the listeners have this framed a little bit. 
I know they're going to read the story, too, of course, at NFL.com. Undoubtedly. Top 25. Top 25 free agents. One Dak, two Chris Jones, three Amari Cooper, four Clowney, five Shaq Barrett, six Ryan Tannehill, seven Ngakwe, eight Breeze, nine Brady, Justin Simmons at 10. Now, one more thought I just wanted to get out about Breeze. Because you got to factor in the, the you know the money end of this as well. Would I rather have a Drew Brees at age thirty nine on a one or two year deal, or Dak Prescott's age twenty seven through thirty two year old season at like the highest rate in the league for a quarterback or around there? Mm. I Drew would Brees rather have forty one. By the way, is he forty one? All right. Well, who do you He's think old, Jerry Jones but... would rather have? think he'd rather have Drew Brees for two years and not re-sign Dak Prescott? I'm just talking about what the value on the market is. I would rather have Drew Brees on a short-term deal than invest a ton of money in Dak Prescott as a superstar quarterback over half a decade. I'd rather have Dak because I think having a long-term superstar quarterback is the, is most, he a is the most valuable thing you can have. Yeah, I do. Do you think Dak Prescott had a better year than Ryan Tannehill on balance? On balance? Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, per game, maybe not – they're in the same ballpark, and Dak I've seen a lot more uh, from over the years. The Tannehill thing is tricky because it was just a 10-game sample, and it was really impressive, but I, I think the Titans will be happy to use one of their tags on Tannehill because you don't have to. then you don't have to pay him $80 million guaranteed. And let, let's see him for 60 more games. Because when I was trying to think of teams for Tom Brady, I mean, the Titans are, are right up near the top if they, if they wanted to – Go for Tom Brady because John Robinson was with the Patriots. Mike Vrabel obviously was a teammate with the Patriots, and they have a team that is looking to get over the top. If they thought Brady was a better one-year option than Tannehill, it's not that crazy. If I was the Titans, I would want to run back Derrick Henry and Tannehill and try to build more around them and see what that looks like next year. That's a great call because if this Tannehill thing didn't happen, which really shocked everybody, everybody would be pointing at Tennessee with Vrabel there. But right. now? Makes a lot of sense good O-line, it, it's still not that crazy that they would at least consider it. But I think the way they finished the year, to your point, Wes, I think they w- would have to want to see Tannehill in that uniform for another 16 games at least. A.J. Green just misses the top 10, which is surprising, but I also get it. He just missed a full year. He's on the wrong side of 30. We've talked about that name where he would uh, make a lot of sense to go as um, a guy could be a final piece uh, for a team that needs wide receiver help. Well, he said he would like to stay in Cincinnati. The Bengals, Duke Tobin, told Rap Sheet that they want A.J. Green back and, and franchise tag could be an option there. Mm. Especially if you if Joe Burrow is coming in and A.J. Green is excited about that. you know, If they tag him, then, then it's not uh, as fun to watch what happens because I don't think the year off would hurt him that much relatively in terms of the teams that would be after him. If you look at the teams that could use an outside receiver, I mean – they're pretty great. The Ravens, after seeing him twice a year, you're telling me they wouldn't want him. The Patriots need a, an outside receiver. The Raiders are going to be looking to spend money. They could use an outside receiver. The Eagles really could use an outside. Like I just, even though AJ Green hasn't done, been AJ Green for a little bit, I just feel like he would have a monster market regardless. And there's so much cap space this year, it's outrageous. There's teams. Almost every team has more cap space than they can use. Jadavian Clowney might be the highest paid player in the NFL, I feel like, or the defensive player. I cannot believe, and I know running backs can't get paid in the open market, but I guess what is this? It's the 
top free agents, or I know you're obviously factoring position, but Leonard Williams of the Giants, you have at 18, and you have Derrick Henry, who's been the best running back in the world for a while. Are you going by money or earning potential here? No. Uh, Henry at 20, when you when I first saw this a couple days ago, that, that was jumped out at me. That jumped out at me. But, but what do you pay him? I kind of get it, though, because it's like, I don't again. I don't know what metrics you're using. Is he, is he the twentieth best player on this list? No. I just I feel He's like much higher. I feel like the running game is he is an exceptional player that is coming off a incredibly high workload who doesn't help you on third downs really, which is kind of crucial. I mean, and you can generate a, like a running game is a function of the team more than the player for the most part. That that is not where I would want to be spending my money. Look at all the running backs who've been paid lately. And almost everyone is regrettable. Lev Bell, Todd Gurley, Zeke Elliott didn't have a great year. David Johnson. I mean, you're going to pay a guy who just had 400 touches? I think that's the conundrum. But, I mean, like with Tannehill, I would just, if I'm the Titans, find a way to bring the whole band back and see where you are a year from now. I, I agree. And they got to pay one of them, though, beyond the front. I know. More, see, well, more, they're both tough. They're both. It's the toughest two. It's one of the two toughest positions. Tannehill and, and Derrick Henry on this list are a conundrum pay wise. So th- this year is the final year of the collective bargaining agreement. And there are different rules in there are a lot of different rules in this year, some of which I can't wrap my head around. But one of them I get, which is that there are two tags available. For the first time ever, I believe you can use a franchise tag and a transition tag. Transition tag means you just uh, have the ability to match Nobody. any offer. And I could see the Titans using those two tags for those two players because they're kind of the perfect players to keep one more year. That you don't want to give Henry the Gurley contract, but sign me up for. I would be happily pay him one year, sixteen million dollars. That's where I think the running back thing gets a little too crazy. Don't pay him at all. It's like, no, I'll pay him for one year. I just don't want to. Well, the transition tag is when you essentially let another team do the negotiation for you and then decide. Right. And teams don't generally like using the transition tag for that reason. And it would be it would be risky. But I don't know which player you would use it on in that case. I would tend to think Henry Henry. And if someone signs him away, you're gone. But maybe it's Tannehill, too, that you just let someone else. do. I mean, who's going to swoop in and craft a massive contract for Ryan Tannehill. I love what he did this year, but it's like he fits the Titans. Where where are the other landing spots? You could see a GM falling in love with I'm just, the I game. could see it, but it's like... You could easily see them reaching an agreement with him so they could have either right. tag available for Henry. Right, and they also have Jack Conklin, who I, I think they're going to want to keep at right tackle, too. Um, is there a player here? Because a lot of times with this exercise, as fun as the names are, when you factor in the franchise tag and all that, when deals just getting done, um, the amount of the players actually end up changing teams. It's not as many big names. Who's a, a kind of a bigger name here mm-hmm. that you think falls through where he doesn't get franchised, where he doesn't end up getting a new deal, and he he moves? Somebody that we haven't talked about yet, perhaps somebody that we well, haven't Cl- talked about. Clowney, I think, will move because he he's like gonna get Khalil Mack type money. Because there's so much money just out there in the market, and he his agent made the Seahawks agree to not franchise tag him as part of that trade. But isn't like Clowney way more of a risk than Derrick Henry? No, in terms of Henry's money, more of a risk. But how much money you have to pay him relative to right. what you have to pay Derrick Henry and the the injury there's risk a, and all that? There's a case to be made. Uh, I think he'll get out there. I don't totally know if Amari Cooper stays with the Cowboys. I think with the way the deck that they can't use the tag, you know, if they have to use the tag on Dak, 
I could just couldn't you just see Amari Stafford with Cam- Joe Douglas on that one. Once you get to this part of the year, if you get to the market, it's like you're gone. So I don't know. The the Cowboys have some work to do with they also have Byron Jones. I don't think they would prioritize him ahead of Amari Cooper, but Cooper's someone I think could change teams. I see him staying. I just I just don't ever see Jerry losing his stars. Joe Tooney, who's a guard on the Patriots, that's not a big name. He gone. He's gonna be gone. I'd rather sign these guards though than some of these receivers. Hunter Henry, I think, is a fun one. Mm. Austin Hooper is out there potentially too. So it, 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 unless those guys get tagged, which is possible, uh, that some good tight ends out there. I feel like Hunter Henry was drafted like four weeks ago. I mean, the time is <laughs> right. racing He's, by. I feel like there's been about 14 ACL tears as well. He's a buyer beware guy, but a guy that's obviously flashed. I can tell you a couple guys who will be moving up the list once I vote. Please. We are moving some oh, edge rushers up this list. Judon and Bud Dupree will be voted up higher than they are on here. Yeah. For both of them, it was a little bit of a one-year wonder thing. Just like Zadarius Smith. Yeah, but to me, no, we had Smith a lot higher. Right, but he was a one-year wonder going into I get it, but agency market. Judon, I think watching them is a, is a great player, but he's nowhere near a Zadarius Smith. Dupree is interesting because if you're just basing up this year, he was incredible. And the Steelers desperately want him back. Yeah, exactly. Anything else, Wes, that you're seeing? No, it was a great job by Greg and a very challenging year to do this. <laughs> what about famous Jameis Winston? I feel like there might be a war over the soul of Jameis, who's at 19 on this list. Wes would probably want him in the range of 400 to 700, I would imagine. Mm, <laughs> I'd probably put him much closer to like 30 to 40. Really? Why do I need to sign a guy who I want to replace immediately? See, this this was a, <laughs> a strategic... Like, I don't want him as my quarterback. So up. Right, where, where on earth does he land? This was a strategic mistake. You ever, you know, you ever, have, you know, with your significant other, with, with sure. your wife... Uh, Play the game. There's some battles that you... Lubrication. You, you figure like, uh, I, I don't need to... Fight this battle. I'll just meet you halfway to start because there's something else I want to battle you on, maybe. Jameis, I figured by putting him around 20, I'm like, I'm already knowing what's coming from Wes. I'd love to put him even higher, frankly. And I thought, okay, this prevents any we battle. But this- it was a bad move because no. I'm still getting the battle. I might as well have just uh, You say here, you it. think he'd, he's going to get more money than Kirk Cousins. Philosophically, where do you rank players you don't want on your team? That's where it comes down to. That's Nobody fair. wants Jameis Winston as their quarterback. My my point for Jameis is if if he actually got to the open market, I just think people would be astounded with the contract he would get. I do think it'd be better than Kirk Cousins. I just think I do not. Because I want to know what team that is. That that you got to sell that to you, to people buying tickets. What are they doing with all this cap space? What do you mean? Sell a guy through for 5,000 yards and 30 TDs this past season. I mean, Which team the... is desperate for Jameis Winston? I'd like to He's know He's exciting. Right. He's a mess, but he he's is. exciting. He is. He gives the ball away two to three to four times a game. So how I'm about, it's harder how about to the... sell like a Mariota type than a Winston. How about Chargers? You know, the Chargers and Bucks just do a swap. You take our interception machine. We'll take yours. And Everybody loses. Like, <laughs> Winston on the Chargers is interesting. That will fill the stadium up. Well, we say, LA we will say that about positive. every single Chargers scenario at this point. It's that, nothing's going to fill. Tom Brady season. could. Tom Brady could get people excited here until they're one and five, and he looks like the twenty eighth best quarterback in the NFL. My thing is that like, would be a problem. Like why? Why would Tom Brady want to? I don't know. Play for Anthony Lynn behind a terrible offensive. That's why when you think of the whole Brady thing, where is he really going to want to do it? There can't be that many. Maybe Indianapolis if they were. I mean, there might be a few, but I can't imagine he's just going to go to any team like one of the worst offensive lines in the league year after year. You're going to put Tom Brady behind that? You're going to go to the franchise that essentially cracked the egg on Deflategate? I mean, there's still people in that building attached to that. I mean, that's Who? the owner. Oh, the Colts. Yeah, yeah. that would be. 
That, that would be an, an interesting uh, landing spot. Good stuff. Check it out. The Greg piece on NFL.com slash. Top 25 free agents. And also the upcoming piece by the scientists. Top 101 free agents. But most importantly, for the yeah. first time, we've teased it for a couple of years. But sure. This year, both Mark Sessler and Dan Hansis will be putting together our top 102 free agents. Yep. On markanddan.com, Mark which is Dan. you can find on the uh, out on the internet. And Wes, I'm taking your comments today as an invitation. Next year, Monday uh, after divisional round, while you're trying <laughs> to grind that game pass, I'm calling you up, and we're gonna hash out these top 25 love free it. agents. What? It's gonna take I, hours. That was not something I put on the table. <laughs> um, breaking news before we go. This just announced via Twitter from the Saturday Night Live handle. The night before the Super Bowl, J.J. Watt will host the venerable late-night comedy institution, Saturday Night Live, with musical guest Luke Combs. J.J. Watt. Oh, that monologue's going to be stiffer than Watt's back. They'll help him out. They'll help him out. Sometimes it's just that you you got to work around it. There's going to be – it'll be a question and answer. There'll be a lot of other – you know, he'll he'll dress and drag. At stars point, are going to come up during his monologue. It's not going to be him speaking for based on some fifteen history for this show. I'm just going to say I think he's going to do a phenomenal. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think he's going to be great. What would Wes? I know you're not really an SNL guy, right? Uh, I'm not really a TV guy. Gotcha. Um, what would be if you had to choose one SNL to watch? They announced the next two shows. So you got J.J. Watt and Luke Combs, who sounds like a country singer. But yeah, he is. I don't know anything. Oh, my God. That's right out of the country music. We'll build a name for you. Book. Right. <laughs> and then your other choice is the February 8th uh, show, which will be hosted by RuPaul and Justin Bieber as the musical. Oh, my Which God. episode are you watching? Can I read a book instead? Mm. No, you must pick. I'm watching RuPaul. I think I would, too. <laughs> Right, and that was the name out of all those who I think can bring the most work, entertainment. Cover girl, work at work. Cover girl. With what you could talk cover about girl. it a little on the podcast could could help. With do work. your thing, mm. cover girl. Actually, that wouldn't be a terrible assignment for Wes. A Bieber will do a skit or two and add some pop. I'm getting no entertainment from Bieber. Bieber, famously um, one of the worst people ever at SNL behind the scenes. I'm a little surprised he came back, but I guess he's matured a little bit. Oh, difficult to work with. Yeah, just not a nice person. I, I heard from a source close to the production. Mm. Uh, maybe he's trying source? to. Yeah, maybe he's trying to change that image. Not a triple. He's source, matured. But I feel good about this one. JJ Watt on SNL. I'll be watching from the hotel room in Miami. I mean, all you need to do is be in a little skit where they do everything for you, and people will give you a lot of love. It's like Eli Manning throwing the footballs at the mm. kid. People love Eli I, Manning. For you that. you know SNL as I do, Greg. It is littered with the carcasses of professional athletes who were asked to do almost nothing and couldn't do it. And it just it derails an entire episode when they're bad. (laughs) When they're good, Joe Montana comes to mind. Peyton comes to mind. Eli did a nice job. Uh, It's okay and sometimes inspired. But when it's bad, oh, my God. Go watch the Michael Phelps SNL. No, thank you. No, it's rough. I would slow down on Peyton Manning, though. I've always just felt that he's not nearly as funny as everyone claims he is. But Are we talking about this again? Well, no. because cool. he, Oh, this is a well, dangerous hot take. From, no, it's uh, not at all. It's Mark and West. What if he's just not funny? I mean, you put it up there that he brought life to the show or whatever. But, you like, said. Michael yeah, Jordan was terrible. But there was – I guess that's because he's Michael Jordan. It was still fun just because right. he was there. 
I mean, I've heard the take that Peyton Manning's not funny. You're not going to get an argument from me. You find that he is funny. He's had his moments. Okay. That's all. I'm not saying like he's And then nor do I say that genius. he's never cracked a joke, but I'm just saying it's it's the la- it's like not on the top 1000 list of who I want to see. <laughs> Love comedy. it. Got it. Love it, Ricky. I got it. Dan Hans is signing off for Quiet Storm. I know Tell arguments. Man, the old boss and Ricky Hollywood behind the glass. Till Thursday. Oh, one hour. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.